Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thank you so much for the gift of life and for us to come before your presence this afternoon. Lord, we are so thankful. We pray that your spirit will be with us this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Show us your power. Show us your will in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that the awesome tongue of fire fall upon your church. In the name of Jesus. Burn the sacrifice this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask, oh God, that you equip us with your spirit. Manifest your power that comes through preaching of your word. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you have mercy upon me. Show me your mercy this afternoon. And touch my lips. In the name of Jesus. May I speak the way I ought to. To your people. In the name of Jesus. Not that I qualify, but because of your mercy. So have mercy on this claim. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please clap for Jesus as you take your seat. Amen. Wow. So the message from our shepherd. And our father, I'm going to read. He said, my regards to the entire church. I miss you all dearly. May God bless you. And may God be with you. Amen. I don't know, but I miss our shepherd a lot. I I miss my father a lot. Amen. But by the grace of God, yes. (laughs) Our mommy too, yeah. By the grace of God, our Father will be with us next week. Amen. Amen. How many of you are expecting your Father to come back? Amen. But he was here with us during the service. So all the songs that you were singing, he was hearing them. Amen. Wow. He's always thinking about you. Always having plans for you. And he can't wait to see all of us. Amen. Well, today... He has left me a message to share with you again. Like I always say, I'm not original. Anything I share with you, I have been taught exactly what to say. Amen. But if I'm preaching, you think I'm powerful. But also, you have to believe that the boy is powerful. (laughs) You must believe. You must believe to a certain extent that the, the young man is powerful. Amen. But God is going to bless our lives today. Amen. Quickly, shall we look at our scripture for the week? Uh, Which is from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. How many of you love this scripture? I I, I really enjoyed it. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 19. Shall we go? 2 Timothy 2 19. 
Nevertheless, the foundation of standard sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let anyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Second Timothy 2.19. Shall we take it again? Second Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, foundation of the sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of the Lord. Second. Amen. This scripture is in Isaiah also, so it's get, getting me confused. Amen. But Bible says, nevertheless. The word nevertheless means that in spite of or despite what has happened, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure, having a seal upon it. And upon the seal, what is written on the seal is that the Lord knoweth them that are his. And then he went on further to say, let everyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from wickedness or iniquity. Amen. Amen. So when, if you read the, uh, the verse before this, you will see that some people were falling away. Some people were having misconception about the word of God and they were debunking the truth uh, that was being preached by uh, Apostle Paul. And he's, he wrote this letter to Timothy so that Timothy would read, also read it to the church. And he's saying that, nevertheless, despite those people who are falling, can we read uh, the, the verse 18 or 17 to 18? No. And their word will eat as doeth a canker, of whom is Herminaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Do you see? So these guys were saying that there's no more resurrection. Nobody, when you die, you die. There's no hope for you. And Bible is saying that they've overthrown the faith of some. Then verse 19 says, nevertheless, despite people were following the, the, their teaching and they were going wayward and everything, nevertheless, despite the fact or in spite of, I mean, you can Google the, the word nevertheless. Or somebody will say nonetheless, the foundation of God, the truth of God stands sure. Having the seal upon it, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Amen. What God is saying that God knows those belong, that belongs to him. Amen. And so despite people are falling away, people are uh, having shipwreck of their faith. You are someone that God knows. Your, God's name is upon you. Amen. Amen. And he said that if you name the name of the Lord, then separate yourself from wickedness or iniquity. Amen. So how many of you are now understand this scripture? Can we recite it once again and then we take it off the board? Shall we go? Nevertheless, foundation of the law. Having this seal, 
Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that day in the name of the Lord. Apart from iniquity. 2 Timothy 2.19. Amen. Can we try it without it on the board? Or we should take it once again. Oh, wait, one more, please. Let's go once again. Second. Nevertheless, foundation of the price. Sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every man that name it, the name of the price depart from iniquity. Second. Amen. So can we try it now? Okay, please kindly take it off the screen. And let us go. Second Timothy 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. Everyone that made the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Second Timothy 2.19. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. But please meditate on this scripture more and God will give you understanding. Amen. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm so concerned about the second one. The Lord knoweth them that are. I, my prayer is that God will know me. Hey. Amen. And I believe that God knows those who are, those of us who are, who belongs to him. Amen. And I would say, if you are in the church, you belong to Christ. Amen. And don't lose hope despite the circumstances. Amen. Amen. You will not lose your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, shall we share the word of God? Amen. Amen. I am so blessed. I don't know how many of us were here last week. How many of us were here last week? Were you blessed? Yes. Amen. So I started sharing with you 20 fake born-again Christians. Amen. Amen. And I think this scripture also makes a lot of meaning to what we were studying last week. That God knows. Now the question you need to ask yourself, <laughs> does God why that you have to remove a moat from somebody's eye? Why, do, why don't you take the beam the beam. Do you know a beam? A log. So you it's not a, a mood that is in your eye, but a beam. And I mean, if a beam, it's not a cataract. A beam, even in this congregation, make sure that God knows you. Not just as a church member, but as somebody who has a personal relationship with him. Amen. And so shall we read our foundation speaker, uh, scripture from uh, John 1. And I like the Amplified Version. I mean, you can read the King James. Don't, don't worry. Amen. Amen. A, a leader, an authority among the Jews who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, Master, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. For no man can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered him, I assure you, and most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again, cannot see, nor be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. Amen. How many of you want to experience the kingdom of God? How many of you want to be acquainted with the kingdom of God? So this is a very great person who came to see Jesus. And Jesus, when coming to see Jesus, said, oh, uh, pastor, I know that you are a great man of God. You are a wonderful preacher with signs and wonders. And nobody can do the things that you are doing except God is with you. So as a matter of fact, he has recognized that God is with Jesus. Yeah, he has seen that this man, what he's doing, God is with him. Which is also to say that all the, all the people that he was with, or his co-workers, knew that this man certainly has God with him. Amen. Amen. And then Jesus is supposed to have said that, oh, thank you for uh, your compliment or recognizing that uh, God is with me. Because actually one woman met Jesus and said that, oh, blessed are those that will eat uh, bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus congratulated the woman for seeing well. Even Peter saw that you are the son of God. And he said, oh, eyes, uh, human eyes have no opened this to you, but God has actually revealed to you. So he could have said, oh, God has actually shown this to you. So come and join my team. Then the question into another topic. And he said that, do not be surprised. I tell you, you must be born again. Amen. So the question is, why is that this very important person will come and see Jesus? And then Jesus will turn his whole, the whole conversation into being born again. Amen. If we read further, Bible, uh, let's read the verse 4. The Bible says that Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, Unless a man is born of water and even of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. What is born of or from the flesh is flesh. How many, of, how many of us here have kids? Your children look like you because you gave birth to them. Amen. So Jesus is saying that if a woman gives birth to a child, it's, it's the same, uh, you, go, you are going to see somebody who has the same flesh as a woman. And they say, the physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. Amen. Amen. What is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are truly born of God, you have the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 7. That you must be born again. Amen. Amen. Then verse 8. The wind blows where it wills. And though you hear the sound, you hear its sound, yet neither know where it cometh from, nor where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Asking, how can all this be possible? Jesus replied, are you the teacher? Are you, last time I was telling you, the teacher means that he is the, the principal. If you go to the court, he is the main man teaching the people of Israel, and yet you do not know nor understand these things, are, are they strange to you? Amen. 
I assure you, and most solemnly I tell you, we speak only of what we know. We know absolutely what we are talking about. You, we have seen what we are testifying to. Some, some people, what they say, they don't even see it, but they say it anyway. And Jesus is saying that what I'm, I'm telling you doesn't qualify to be a Sahedrin. Amen. He is a, a very purified and, I mean, very well-behaved man in society because they have appointed him to the high office. Amen. As you can all see, there is appointment going on in uh, Washington. And everybody is questioning people's background. So for you to be selected and be put in the Jewish community and say that you are the main man to teach the law and to explain the law to people who do not understand it, then you must be a very perfect guy. Amen. But in spite of all his perfection, however he behaved and how whatsoever they still look at him and say that you must be born again. And he was actually surprised. Amen. So the question is, why? Why has Jesus launched into this? And uh, this thing is simple. That most of us are doing a lot of things which are religious. We are doing a lot of good works. And some of us, are, we are not bad at all. We are very good people, well-behaved. I mean, people respect you in society. You are even a worker in the church. You know the word of God. I mean, you are the main person that we know. And we are doing all those things to substitute what we truly need to do, which is to accept Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. Amen. And I believe that one of the reasons why those things have become rampant in the church, that you see church members, Christians sitting in the church who are not born again, is because of the other relig religions that we have around ourselves. Amen. The people that we have in our environment. You have a Muslim who is told to be a certain group of rules and regulations, and then he's a Muslim. You have a Buddhist who they said, when you go, fold your knee, fold your legs, and pray this way. And so most of us have copied that attitude. Most of us have laid hands on those kind of things which are happening around us, and we try to bring it to the church. Amen. And the whole, among the, all the vast group of uh, religions that we have, Christianity is the only religion that promises a change of heart and a change of attitude. No religion has ever come out to say, if you join me, God, uh, something will change about you. When you join every group, they try to give you a new rule and a new regulation to obey. That's not the church. Amen. The, if you come to church, we don't give you a set of rules because, the, I mean, the Ten Commandments, who can keep it? That's the question you have to ask. Who can keep it? And the Ten Commandments was not given to make people righteous. It was given to reveal the sinful nature of people. Amen. God did not give the Ten Commandments for people to become born again. Nobody can be born again by the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments was given because the people of Israel were, were uh, memory towards God. And God said, that, okay, let me give you this rule if you obey it. You can read about the history of the uh, Ten Commandments, how Moses got the Ten Commandments, why God gave the ten, uh, people the... So you see Christians say that, oh, I obey the Ten Commandments. It doesn't mean you are born again. That is not a substitute for what you have to do. Amen. It's not a substitute. Does it change? It, can make, it cannot make you righteous with God. It cannot make you righteous with God. And Bible says, if you disobey one, you disobey all. So how many of us can say that we have obeyed the Ten Commandments? It is not by works. The religious thing that we do, the tithe you pay, 
the church will come, cannot substitute what you need to do to go to heaven. But because we have these people saying that, oh, if you go to the mosque, we are a Muslim, you read the Quran, most of us have copied that attitude, and that's what we are doing. I mean, Christianity is more of a relationship than uh, obeying a set of rules. And for you, one of, the, one of the ways to know that you are actually a Christian or you are actually born again is to look at the things you are struggling with. If you are struggling to keep a, you are, you are trying to keep a law to, so that God will accept you, then you cannot be accepted by God. You are trying not to touch this because you want God to accept you. Like somebody was telling me, she, she, want to be a, uh, she was a virgin, so she expects God to bless her. Do you see? It, it cannot be a substitute to what God wants you to do. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law. Jesus Christ is the end of the law. So, so many of us are in church doing all that the law demands, but yet we reject Christ. Amen. And we need to be watchful because when Christ comes, it's not those who do the things in the church. It's are those that have relationship with him. So he said that people will use my name and say, Christ, uh, have you no prophesy in your name? And yet, I do not know you. Those people were church members. They were church members. They were church workers, people who actually worked in the church. Using the name of prophets, have you not prophesied? Have, have, have I not done this in your name? But God will say, still, I reject you. So this man will have been surprised that when God returns, or Christ is coming back, he will not qualify. And such is the situation of most of us in the church. We do all the things that we are doing. We pay the tithe. I mean, the tithe you are paying because you expect a blessing. You, some, some people, if they don't pay tithe, they feel God doesn't like them. Or even if you fall into sin, you think that God doesn't like you again. Why must you reduce Christ, the death of Christ, to one sin that you are struggling with? Why? Why must you? Why must it be that you, because you don't fornicate, God should accept you? On that basis, let that fornication go and you see all that things come into your life. That you are more of a sinner than fornication. Amen. So it is the grace of God that you can be saved. It is by the grace of God. So that, that fact that your sin that you are struggling with, God, God does it. Look, God has the power to transform you rather than thinking about a sin. You see, many people are not in church because of even their struggle with sin. God has the power to, to, to transform that. That's why God, the Bible says that when you are born again, God put a new spirit into you. So if you are struggling to keep a law for God to accept, then you should know that the spirit of God is not in you. Because the spirit in you will enable you to overcome. Amen. So you see a lot of Christians discouraged and this thing. You are, you are more than a piece of law to keep. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary is more expensive than no. This is more expensive than keeping two or three pay tight. Listen. You think if you don't pay tight, God will not. God will like you. God is, the Bible says when we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whether we die, we, we, we belong to God. Do you see? But the thing that you do to belong to God, you are not doing it. Which is Christ. Accept Jesus. You are not doing it. Amen. So last time we, we went through a, a, a list of things that, a list of fake born-again Christians. And the first thing that we said are uh, Christians who think what? Yeah, some people, they like miracles a lot. The fact that you like miracles or you admire miracles, you want God to solve your situation for you, doesn't mean that you are born again. What is drawing you to God is because of your desire for miracle. The second one, 
befriending a man of God. The fact that you, you are a friend of a prophet doesn't make you a prophet. Doesn't make you born again. Amen. So the, the list continues. I think we were number eight, right? Said number eight, we said those who they think baptism is the same as born again. And we understand that you need to believe before you are baptized. Amen. Amen. So some people also, when they read this scripture, they say, Bible says that except the man is born of water and of the spirit. I mean, what we undergo as baptism is actually a physical manifestation of what has gone through, what we have gone through, that our old nature has been, and we have taken up a new nature. Amen. And actually, it is done so that you can openly confess your faith. And first, it was done because if you, you, you go through baptism, a lot of people are there to witness. Maybe a whole community is there to witness your baptism. So everybody knows, mark you as a Christian. So when you are misbehaving, they will point it to you. Amen. But now we live in a very big community that uh, only few people notice that you are baptized. Amen. Amen. The next one, Christians who think being confirmed in a church is the same as being born again. Confirmation. How many of you know confirmation? Yeah. So when you are born, they, they take you through, they, they sprinkle water on you, and then they, they believe that you are born again. And when you are old, then you will go to the church to confirm that you are a church member. Amen. But Jesus too was confirmed in the church. Do you remember? In Luke chapter 2. Jesus, when he was born, he was taken to church. And the Bible says that they met a, a, a man who was devout, living in the chapel by then, by name Simeon. And that, that man, God promised him that when you seek the Messiah, then you can die. Somebody is living just to see Messiah, then he will die. So when Jesus was brought to the chapel, he saw Jesus, then later he died. Amen. So Jesus was actually taken to the church. And the Bible said that, uh, let's read the scripture. Uh, look. Luke 2, verse 21. Bible says, at the end of the eight days, the baby Jesus, which is the worst, to be circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time for their purification, the mother's purification, and the baby's dedication came according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law, in, in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be set apart and dedicated and called holy to the Lord. And they came also to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, he, and this man was righteous and devout, cautiously and carefully observing the divine law and looking for a consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
and it had been divinely revealed, communicated to him by the Holy Spirit, that when that he would not see death before he has seen the Lord Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And prompted by the Holy Spirit, he came into the temple, and the parents brought in the little child Jesus to do for him what was customarily, what was customarily according to the law. Amen. So Jesus here, we saw Jesus being dedicated to the Lord, which means he was given to the Lord. That was just like confirmation. You are confirmed in the church. But one of the amazing things you also know about Jesus, when Jesus was of age, he went to be, to be born again and to be baptized. Amen. Amen. And some of us, we, we have been in churches where we were taken to church. I mean, Jesus did not know that all these things were done for him. Eight, year, eight days old uh, baby, how would you even recognize and even accept that something was done for him? But when he was 30 years of age and he, he has come to realization of what is important in his life, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. Amen. And in fact, John the Baptist was not baptizing anybody who did not believe. So I believe that if he has sensed in Christ, that Christ has not repented, he will not baptize Christ. Amen. So there's a time that you need to, to actually grow and believe and then be baptized. Then you'll be saved. Amen. So if you are just confirmed by a church, you are not born again. That's a very important thing to know. Amen. Amen. And then the next thing is that Christians who think taking communion is the same as born again. Taking communion is the same as born again. The Holy Communion is not the same as born again. Amen. Taking communion in church is not the same as born again. Actually, the communion is supposed to be taken by born again Christians. But now we find in churches that communion is served the wine. Drink it, soak yourself in it. You can put it wherever you want to put it. I'm telling you, it's not the same as born again. So the fact that you come to church and amen. The next thing is that Christians who think that being in a Christian family is the same as being born again. Some of us are, were born into good Christian. Though once in a while, in the beginning of the year and end of the year, we go, they take us to the family house and they baptize. They also do some one or two things for us. Amen. That's, that's how far I can remember. But since I've been giving birth to, I've been going to church. I, I always go to church. And I go to church because of my mom. But I wasn't born again. You see, they... Not, I, I, I always go to church, but I wasn't born, born again. Amen. Amen. The Christian upbringing that you have cannot be a substitute for your salvation. The fact that your, your father is a pastor doesn't make you a born again. And the fact that your, your, your father is a prophet doesn't make you a born again Christian. The fact that your parents go to church and they take you to church doesn't make you a born again Christian. Amen. There is something you need to do to be born again. Amen. Let's read something about Paul. And then I will explain. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Shall we read from verse 4? Philippians 3 verse 4. Though for myself I have at least grounds to rely... Can you give me New Living Translation, please? Though I could have, I could have, have confidence in my own effort. 
if I could. Indeed, if others have reason to be confident, for confidence in their own efforts, I have more. Then verse 5, he said, I was circumcised when I was 80 days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Do, do you understand? He said, he's like, as for him, if you say he's Israelite, he's, he's an Israelite, you cannot take it. For, you are boasting about your family. What he's telling you is that he is from Israel, pure blood. You're not a mixture of Ghana blood and Israelite. He said he's a pure-blooded Israelite. Amen. He is from Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A member of the tribe of Benjamin. If you don't know about the tribe of Benjamin, when uh, Israel was separated, this was the only group that were loyal to the uh, tribe of Judah. And also, Benjamin was the only son to uh, Jacob's wife. Uh, what's her name? Rebecca was, was the only true son to that woman. And even the, the person, uh, the first king of Israel was a Benjamite. Uh, so, even Mordecai was a, a, a Benjamin. So, what he's saying that, you see Saul, King Saul, the first person of Israel is from, is, uh, is, is, he is a Benjamite. And I too, I'm a Benjamite. Amen. That's what he's trying to say. So he's boasting of his family so that you know. You, if you are boasting that your father is a pastor, don't worry. What I'm telling you is that I am from, I am from the tribe of Benjamin. Tribe of Benjamin. That's what, and Jerusalem was the land allocated to the uh, uh, people from uh, this tribe, tribe of Benjamin. So everything that he's saying that if you have confidence to boast, this is the tribe he's from. Amen. Everything that you have confidence, this is the tribe. But he said, he said he's a real Hebrew. If there's ever, if there ever was one, if there's some of you that you are talking like that, if you are a real Hebrew, that your mother and your father are from the, uh, the land of Hebrew, then there's one. And I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And I was righteous. I obeyed the law without fault. Amen. Amen. So this is the guy giving you his family background. You see, what you don't know is that Christ, the sending of Jesus, was to come to the people of Israel, not for us. You see, what has come to us is because the, the Jewish people rejected Christ. That's why the Bible says that uh, Bible says Paul was sent to the people of Israel. They rejected him. And the Bible says he turned his attention to uh, the people, the Gentiles. And if we, if we also read the Bible carefully, Jesus told his disciples, do not go into the house of a Gentile. Go, I go, go to the lordship of Israel. Do not enter the house of a Gentile. It means that Jesus instructed them, my work is not for Gentiles, but people of Israel. So he was sent to the people of Israel. So that's why he's saying that me, I qualify on every ground that I belong. I'm, if you are talking about the children of Abraham, I qualify. But despite all these things, he wasn't born again. Amen. So that's what actually he was preaching to the people. He said, if you have confidence in the flesh, that because you belong, uh, you are Abraham's children, you are boasting. 
the children of Abraham, those who really qualify, I qualify more. Amen. Amen. So being a, a, a pastor's son, uh, your mother is a, 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 a prophetess or a deaconess and the deacon in the church, does it qualify you to be this thing? This, uh, John the Baptist told the, uh, this thing. He said, do not think for a time that your father is Abraham and so you'll be spared. But because you can say that you are saying because our father is Abraham, nothing will come near us. He said, do not think for yourself. Romans chapter 3. Let's read that scripture. Romans chapter 3, verse 9. 3, verse 9. He said, uh, Matthew chapter 3, sorry. I'm sorry. It's not Decra. He said, do not presume to say to yourself, we have Abraham for our father. For I tell you, God is able to raise up stones, a descendant of Abraham from these stones. Do not. You must, you must repent. That he was preaching to them repentance. So do not say that because you, 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 are, you, you are from a Christian family, you go to heaven. It's not like, it doesn't work like that. Amen. Amen. And so some people, some, some children too also think that when, because their father is a, a priest, they also behave, misbehave. Amen. So when we read Acts chapter 19, I believe, Acts 13, Acts 13. Let me look for that scripture where. Acts 13. Oh, sorry. Acts chapter 19. Sorry. Verse 14. Uh, let's read from verse 13. He said, then some of the traveling Jews, exorcists, men who adore evil spirits, also undertook to call name of the Lord over those who have, who have had evil spirits, saying, I solemnly employ and charge you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Then let's go to the next verse. Seven sons of a certain Jewish chief priest named Sceva, were doing this. So our father is a pastor. You see. So when people are also casting demons, let's also attempt it. So the Bible says that the, the priest it was called Skiva. And he had seven sons. And they all also went out to do this. You see, with the presumption that my father is a pastor. So let's go verse 15. But one evil spirit retorted, Jesus I know. Paul, ask for Paul. the Paul name that you are calling. I know Paul. By you, who are you? Amen. Amen. So you, you, you also see that in the spirit, you can be known. The fact that your pastor can cast a demon out doesn't mean that you can also cast a demon out. The fact that Job was protected by God and God protected, when God removed the hedge, his son went. Your father can be a cover to you, but it's not a substitute for your salvation. When you are going to stand before God, your pastor, will, your father will be judged differently from you. Because most of the time, family members don't die the same day. They put you in the coffee one by one. So if your father is going to stand alone, you are going to stand alone. Because the Bible says that if you are, you die, you will be judged. 
Amen. So those of us who have nice family upbringing from Christian home, and you, all your life, what you have known is a church, do not for a time assume that you are born again. It's not the same. Because Satan will, Satan will one day, or if you stand, said, oh, your father, I know your father, but who? You, who are you? God can easily ask you this question. Ask for your father, I know your father, but you, who are you? So you can't take what belongs to your father and say it's your, uh, this thing. It's your authority. This authority given to him by this in the virtue of his relationship with God. Paul, relationship with God. So Paul was born again, but they were not born again. And we tried to adjure demon out of somebody. And you say that. The Bible says that verse 16. said the evil spirit jump upon them. Then the man in whom the evil spirit dwell leaped upon them, mastering two of them, and was violent against them, and dashed out, and they dashed out of the house in fear, stripped naked and wounded. Amen. Amen. So do not think that when you are, because you belong to, you are from a Christian family, you are born again. Amen. And if those who are from Christian family are not born again, then you who are from other families, they don't think at all that you are born again. Amen. Amen. Then the next one. Christians who think that using Christian jargons is the same as born again. So one time we went to, we went to do evangelism and at Palam Parkway area. We met one woman, we said, oh, please can we talk to her? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then they will leave you. Because they know that as, what you are, if they say hallelujah, is the, is, is, you should know that, ah, I'm familiar with the term. Amen. And some of us are good at playing with these jargons. Hallelujah, everything hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know those things. But it's not the same as born again. The, the father, you say, oh, God bless you, my brother. It's not the same as born again. And your voice is smooth. So when you say it, somebody it will, it will enter the heart of a person that, hey, this sister or this brother is actually born again. But it's not the same as born again. So don't, don't think that the fact that you are used to hallelujah, praise the Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus, you are born again. As for the name of Jesus, one time Jesus was, he said, oh, Jesus was there and disciples came. Ah, some people were using your name to cast out demons. And he said, oh, leave them. Leave them. They are... As for the name, the name of Jesus is powerful. But do not assume that the fact that you can mention the name of Jesus, you do, do, you think, do you think Satan doesn't know the name of Jesus? He knows it and he trembles at the name of Jesus. You, when you hear it, you just stand. But when Satan hears the name of Jesus, he has to do something. He trembles. Amen. Amen. So don't think that you sing hallelujah, praise the Lord, is the same as born again. Matthew chapter 5 uh, I believe Matthew chapter 5, 33 to 37. Can you give me that in the message version? 33. Matthew 5, 33. He said, and don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. Like to use words, it's in, it's in us. And he said, you only make things worse when you lay down a small screen of pious talk saying, I will pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and you are not meaning it. 
You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech, in making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. If you manipulate words to get away with somebody who is trying to witness you, you go to hell. Amen. So the same, the, if you can even, I mean, I don't know, many of the, God bless you, brother, God bless you, sister, be warm, God keep, take care of you. It's not, it's not the same, it's not the same as being born again. If you manipulate words to get your way, I mean, the way you are saying hallelujah, somebody will let you go, but you, the end is that you are going to hell. Amen. Amen. Then, uh, the, uh, I will not go through, I will not be able to go through all. Christians who think that being moral is the same as born again. And those who also think that being principled is the same as born again. There are two things in one. Morality and being principled. Some of you, you have not even fornicated before. You have not, you, are, you, are, you, you see, you, you have not even done any sin in your life. But that's not, that doesn't mean you are born again. The fact that you, you do not have, I mean, you can, you can also deceive yourself that you don't have a sin, but you have it anyway. The fact that you have not stolen before, or you have, you have not lied before, or you have not divorced before, doesn't make you a born-again person. Do you see? And Bishop said once he met a man who is a, a Freemason, a Masonic guy, and he has, he has not divorced his wife 17 years without a child, he was still with the woman. Faithfully, he's be there, happily there. But this man wasn't born again. Do you see? And mostly it's hard to preach to people who are so righteous. People who, who do not have, who have not gone through certain sins to, to humble them and to, to, to realize their need for Christ. And the Bible says that it will be easy for prostitutes and the republicans to enter into the kingdom than those of you who think you are righteous. It is, it is easy. So you see, you see, you see that when, whenever something is preached, the people who are righteous always think they are people who are... But my announcement to you, um, I will congratulate you for being a moralist. Thank you for not stealing. Thank you for not involving yourself with a guy. But the fact that you are like that, doesn't mean that you escape hell. Doesn't mean you escape hell. You escape. Jesus said he came for sinners. When you, the righteous people, will not accept him, he, he has turned his side to sinners. If, if, if you, 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 because you have not gone through certain things, you think you are, you are okay. Your marriage has not been on fire before. You think you, you, are, you are on top. But it's not the same as born again. So when you see somebody going through fire, you say, oh, the person need a change of attitude. You need a change of heart. You need a change of heart. Because the way you are, you are living it, you can easily... Me, when it's, it's, it got to a time that I think of my salvation, I think, hey, God, if known that I've met this... I mean, I wasn't born again by then too. But if known that I've come to light house, I wouldn't be born again. Because I'm somebody very principled. I follow rules. I know I follow this thing. I mean, 
if you can go to my village, no girl will have ever said that I, I proposed to her. I, I have never chased you. I will never. You, you, you see, me. If you go, if you, if you go, if you go to, if you go to my, my, my village, small village, the whole village, at the end of the year, I'm the only uh, person who has always been winning best behaved boy. The whole village. At the end of the year, they give award. And always I'm on top of the list. I have never fought before. I haven't fought with anybody. Nobody can say that me have uh, fought with the person. So when you look at me, I don't have sore uh, wounds, scars on my body. No. I don't have those kind of things. I have never fought with anybody. So I was, I was somebody, I mean, every issue I try to deal with it, I mean, I, I, when, when you say something that I don't like, I, I answer back in the rude way, but I walk away. I don't engage, I engage only engage in verbal uh, talking, uh, verbal war. But I do know I have never fought before. That's it, you see. So I, I felt that I was so good. And I often laugh at people who actually take God serious that, ah, you of all this thing you are doing, you are still struggling in school. You see, me, I don't go, if, if I have an exam, I don't go to school. So I was, I feel like I don't need anything. I got to a time that when I, I really got, I mean, Bishop was preaching one time, and I look at myself, I say, hey, then my life, have, I'm, I'm in a very bad condition of myself, which I do not know. Because I was so perfect in my own eyes. But I wasn't clean. I, wa- I was somebody, but I could have even gone to hell if I should have died. So me, my, my gratefulness to God is that God has extended my life to this time. That I can still receive salvation. Because I was, I was very, very pious guy. Very, very, I follow rules. One of the things that, one of the things I don't want, I do not want for myself to degrade my parents. I don't, I don't want that. All the, all the boys I grew up with, all of them are, all of them two uh, kids right now. All of them have two kids. But no girl will say, oh, Chani has come to chase me in my house. Even you can, if you associate the girl with me, I hate the girl. The minute you are the girl with me. But I could have gone to hell with that. So the fact that you are immoral is tough for yourself. But in your, you must change. You must give your life to Christ. And it's, a, it's a stage of your life that you need to realize that this stage, I mean, I cannot, there's nothing I can do to save myself. You can easily go to hell if you, if you do that. Amen. Amen. Then being a principal person, you follow this thing. You can still go to hell. Very principled. Very principled. I mean, we know you that you, you are a certain... Paul was saying that if you talk about following the law, one, and if you also know who I, I study under the feet of Gamaliel. You don't know Gamaliel. Gamaliel was one of the Ogbontiers, the big people who... You see, when they were taking counsel against the disciples, he was the one who actually said that. We have seen many people come and pass. They say they are uh, uh, people who are raised by God, but they, without time they fail and then go. Leave these people. If they are of God, they will remain. If they are not, they will also die. And the Bible says that everybody listen to him. him. But Paul is saying that, that that's the man I study under his feet. And he said he's a street follower of the Jewish law. You may follow every law that you have. You may follow a new set of rules that you have. Like the guy in Luke 18 who said, Jesus told him, go and sell your property, and he went crying. 
You can do all those things, but you still go to hell. It's not about the principles. It's not about the rules that you are able to keep. It's about Jesus. Being able to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. Amen. And the last one I will say is that Christians who think that being rich or being poor is the same as born again. The fact that you are poor is the more reason why you need God. The mere fact that you, you are poor, that you don't have money, and you are living in hardship is, is a sign that you, you, you need God the more. Because you cannot suffer here and suffer in hell. Because it, it's, it's, it's going to be painful. You cannot suffer on earth here and then you suffer in... in. It, it's not nice. The rich man can joke with it and pray chaskily and say, oh... I, I, I will enjoy here and suffer. So when, when I met people and said, oh, I will enjoy here, you can, it's a choice. You can enjoy here and suffer. But to, to suffer and to suffer, it's not nice. Amen. The good thing is that you can, also so, you can also enjoy and enjoy on the other side. But the fact that you have money doesn't mean t- uh, you are born again. And some of us also interpret God with us by uh, riches or things that are comfortable with us. Because your life is smooth, God is with you. It's not ever true. Who said God is money? God is not money. The fact that you have money doesn't mean that God is with you. It can also mean that God has blessed you. But it doesn't mean, always mean that God is with you. The fact that everything is, seems to be smooth in your life, you have work to do, you have a good job, doesn't mean God is with you. Don't, don't, don't ever assume that God is with you. In, in those things. So Paul told Timothy, Anybody who assumes that godliness is riches, from that person, turn yourself away. Don't even go close. Just withdraw yourself from the person. Do, do not for once think that because you are okay now is the sign that God is with you. It can also it really it can mean that God has blessed you. I'm not saying that it mean. It could mean like it that can be a possibility, but it can also mean that Satan probably has given you the riches. Amen. Amen. And rich people, when you preach with them, they have attitude. When things are okay with you, they will tell you, what, I don't need anything. Amen. Amen. But you need God. The fact that you are rich doesn't mean that you are born again. The fact that all things are going well with you doesn't mean you are born again. And you see that many poor people are also turning to God. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Let's read from the message version, please. The Bible said, there was a rich man expensively dressed in the latest fashions, wasting his days in conspicuous consumption. It's a description. A poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, had been dumped on his doorsteps. All he lived for was to get a meal from the scraps of the rich man's table. His best friends were dogs who came and licked his sores. Then he died, this poor man, and was taken up by angels to the lap of Abraham. This, the rich man also died and was buried. In hell and in torment, he looked up 
and saw Abraham in, in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy. Have Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you got the good things and Lazarus the bad things. It's not like that here. Here he is consoled and you are tormented. Besides, in all these matters, there is a huge chasm set between us so that no one can go from us to you, even if he wanted to. Nor can anyone cross over from you to us. The rich man said, let me ask you, Father, send him to my house, to the house of my father, where I have five brothers, so he can tell them the score. Because God is setting the score. So he said, so he can tell them the score. That Lazarus has scored rich, and I have scored poor. Or Lazarus has scored one, and I'm zero. And warn them so that they will end up here in this place of torment. Abraham answered, they have Moses and the prophet to tell them the score. Let them listen to them. And he said, I know, Father Abraham, he said, but they are not listening. They are not listening. If someone came back to them from the dead, they would change their ways. Abraham replied, they won't listen to, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophet, they are not going to be convinced by someone who rises from the dead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So one of these just this scripture, you have heard it over and over again. But one of the things that Father Abraham said that I really like, he said they have the prophets. Somebody like Moses. Some of us are expecting angels to come and talk to us. Or you expect uh, those who are dead to come and say, where they come, you will not listen. You will not listen. He said the people that you have to listen to are the prophets and the Moseses that they have. Today I'm telling you about this, your salvation. You are rich. You are poor. You need Jesus. You are doing all sorts of things in the church. You need Jesus. You don't want to end life like this, this guy. That's exactly my message to you. You don't want to go to hell and be begging for a chance. There's no chance. In hell, everything is no. He said, Father Abraham, can you drop what I'm going to say? No. Can you send somebody to my house? No. Can, can somebody cross from here to there? He said, no. Everything is no when you get to hell. You cannot make a decision in hell. When you are saved, you are saved forever. Just like you cannot shoot somebody from heaven to hell, you cannot shoot somebody from hell to heaven. Don't wait to get to hell to try to change your ways or change your attitude. The time that God can say yes to you is now. If you can only change your ways, only call him into your life. So Bible says that as many as receive him, to them he has given power to be called the sons of God. Bible says no works can save a man. And those who even try to keep the laws 
are tired. You get tired. That Ten Commandments, you get tired. I'm telling you, we can give you a year to keep it. May just keep two of them. Jesus summarizes it. He says, all is about love. My love. The love. Love me. Love me above everything. Bible says you can give yourself to be sacrificed. But if you don't know have the love of God, you are nothing. All that you are doing in church, it will be nothing if you do not have Christ in your heart. Everything that you are struggling for in church, you come here, this thing, winter you are here, you, when you, you could be in your house, you are here. It will be nothing. It will be meaningless without Christ, which is why you need Jesus. So do not wait. Maybe probably I'm a young man telling you this. It may seem something small, something that you have heard before. Maybe that's what God wants you to examine your life. Examine your life. Maybe last week you take a critical look last week. But examine it. Do not assume that None of, none of this applies to you. Take a critical look at your life carefully. Examine your heart and see if there's God in your heart. If you have a relationship with God, or you are just sitting in church, count it to the number. Count it to the number. But there's hope for you. You don't want to get to hell. And then when you say something, they say no to you. I don't want to be rejected by God. And I believe you don't want to be rejected by God. There's only one way that you can receive Jesus Christ. Bible says, if you shall believe with your heart and confess him with your mouth, you shall be saved. If you confess that Jesus is the son of God and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Then Bible continues to say that, for it is with the heart that we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made openly unto salvation. You will be saved by what you say, by what you say with Jesus Christ. The message version of uh, Romans chapter 10, 9, and 10. Quickly, um, say the welcoming word to God. Jesus is my master. Embracing body and soul, God's work of doing, of doing in us what he did in raising Christ from the dead. That's it. You are not doing anything. You are simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it all for you. That's salvation. It's not by works. There's nothing you can do to inherit it. He said, with your whole being, you embrace God's setting things right. Then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between me and him and me. The scripture assures us, no one who trusts God like this Heart and soul will, be regret, will, will ever regret it. Amen. Amen. You will never regret it if you give your life to Christ. Maybe you also visit us today by virtue of invitation, but you have not made this critical decision. Jesus told a, a, a man, he said, you are near to the kingdom, which means the man is not inside the kingdom. So you can be in church, but you are not in the kingdom of God. The church can be the house of God, but you are not in the kingdom of God. Today you are sitting here, you, you don't know anything. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm, as I'm preaching to you, I'm also taking a critical look at myself. You see, I'm also examining myself. That eh, Should I preach this to the people and then I miss my way? No. So as I'm preaching, I'm also taking a records of my heart and my stand with God carefully so that I will not miss heaven and then you will make it to heaven. <laughs> Amen. So today you are here, 
Let's be on our feet, please. Let's be on our feet. I want every movement to cease. Every movement to cease. Let's be on our feet. Every head bow. Every head should be bowed. Every eye closed. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't think about your neighbor. Think about your life. It has been several examples given to you from the Bible. Some of you have found yourself in two or three, which means you need salvation. Some of you have not found yourself in any because you decide not to open your heart. But this is the moment of salvation. The Spirit of God is here. Bible says there is a day for salvation and now is the day. Do not reject him. God is near to your heart at this moment. You want to give your life to Jesus. You do not have a relationship with him. You don't want to get to hell. Because this gentleman, he knew Father Abraham and mentioned his name by name. So that means he knew about Abraham. He even knew about Moses and the other prophets that have been telling the, the siblings, but they are not listening. Maybe they, at this time, a lot of people that you knew who are dead are calling and begging somebody to come and say something to you. And maybe that's why you have heard this message today. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to dedicate, rededicate your life. Some of you, you know that you are falling away from Christ. There's no element of God in you except coming to church, which will not save you anyway. Because sitting in the church doesn't make you a Christian. The fact that I sit in the garage or I sleep in the garage doesn't make me a car. And so are you. If you come into church, doesn't make, it doesn't make you a Christian. I want to dedicate your life to Christ. You want to give your life to Christ? Bible says the word is in, near you. If you can only call upon God. Bible says, for God is near upon those who call upon him. You I want Jesus Draw me close to you. 
Somebody sing it at a prayer to God. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I'm laying all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will Cause nothing else can take your place To hear the warmth of your embrace Help me find a way Bring me back to you Now say draw me close to you Draw me close to you, Lord. Never let me go. Never let me go. I lay it all down again, my Lord. I lay it all down again to hear you say, hey, hey. to hear you say that I'm your friend. Brothers and sisters, you are here today. You do not have a relationship with God. In fact, you do not know. Because if you have a relationship with someone, you will know. There will be an assurance in your heart that I have a relationship with someone. Some of us also assume we have a relationship until later that the person will tell us that you are not my friend at all. You are here today. You are not born again. In fact, you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. All that you are acquainted to is coming to church and doing all sorts of moral works. 
But today you want to say, Jesus, please have mercy on me. You want to run to Jesus and the cross. Bible says there's no other name other than the name Jesus that man should be saved. This afternoon you want to run to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. Maybe a lot of things are not working well for you because you have not made that personal relationship with Christ. But I want Jesus to come to your life. Every eye closed, every head bow. Can you lift your hand up high? And I will pray with you. You are in the congregation. You are standing in the congregation. If God should come today, you don't know where you belong. Do not deceive yourself that standing here will make you born again. What you have to do, you need to do it. Which is accepting Jesus as your Lord, a personal Savior. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift your hand up above your head and let me pray with you. Anyone? Anyone? Take a critical look into your heart. I feel in my heart that there is a lady who needs to do this. There's a lady you need to give your life. You are you have been deceiving yourself for a long time that you are born again, but truly, truly, you are not. Truly, you are not born again. You associate yourself with all sorts of Christians, but you, your heart is not changed. You don't know God for yourself. Your assumption is based on the fact of the people that you know. But you are not born again. It's because of you that I'm delaying this. I can easily proceed. My work is to tell you. And your work is to believe. Everything that you do tonight depends on you. It's your choice to believe what you want to believe. And when you stand before God, do not say that you have not been told. Because that you have to make that decision. And a positive turn around. A lot of things maybe are not working well for you. And you know yourself that you are in this pain and this struggle that you need God. But you don't want to take that bold step. The love of Christ is greater than everything. The power of Christ is greater than you need Jesus. Lift your hand up. I'm calling for the last time. Lift your hand now. Repeat this prayer after me, everyone. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. I come to you this afternoon. I come to you this afternoon. As a sinner. As a sinner. Condemned for hell. Condemned for hell. Jesus. Jesus. This afternoon. This afternoon. I know. I know. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. I know. I know. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. I openly accept you. I openly accept you. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my personal Savior. And my personal Savior. Jesus. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Come and be the Lord of my life. Come and be the Lord. Jesus, please come into my life. Jesus, please come into my life. And come and be the Lord of my life. Your word says, Your word says, anyone that call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. This afternoon, Jesus, I am calling upon your name. Please save me. Please save me. 
Save me from hell. Save me from hell. And please write my name. And please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For what you have done for me. On the cross of Calvary. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hand together for Jesus. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.